Taiwan reported 216 local COVID infections on Tuesday, the highest daily figure since last June. The CECC said that local spread was not yet past its peak. When asked if it would tighten restrictions if case numbers continued to rise, the CECC said there were no plans to do so. It said that so far, 99% of Omicron patients have had mild symptoms or none at all. On the last day of the long weekend, the CECC reported 216 local COVID cases, the highest daily tally so far in 2022. We have a higher number of local cases today, more than 200. That's 216 local infections. Broken down by locality, the worst hit areas were New Taipei with 91 cases, followed by Jilong with 33 and Taipei with 28. There were 13 cases in Shenzhou County, 11 in Taoyuan, and 10 in both Kaohsiung and Hualien. Taichung, Zhanghua, Yilan, and Tainan also reported a handful of cases. The daily total of 216 is the highest figure since June 12, 2021, even with infections past the 200 case mark. The CECC says the peak has yet to come. At most, it's a plateau. Whether the numbers will go up, I don't know. But as I just said, there are a few places where the epidemic is still growing, and there are several infection chains with an unknown source. So is this the peak, you ask? I don't think so. The health minister was asked whether restrictions would be tightened if case numbers continue to rise. He said that there were no plans to do so. Will we tighten restrictions? Currently, we don't have any such plans. I'll explain to everyone again. Our strategy right now is to carry on with normal life. How long will the CCC monitor the consequences of mass travel over the four-day long weekend? About 10 days. So far, only five of Taiwan's Omicron patients have developed severe symptoms. Asymptomatic and mild cases account for the vast majority of patients, or about 99.73 percent. Taiwan currently has 16,000 courses of remdesivir in stock. It also has more than 4,000 courses of antivirals, with another 16,000 courses to be delivered within the next half year. 91 local cases were reported out of New Taipei on Tuesday, marking a new daily high for the year. 40 of those cases were detected in Sansha District. The city's mayor said that most of the cases have mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. In light of that, he said the CECC should allow cases to isolate at home instead of at a designated facility. Confirmed cases and close contacts in their households should be allowed to stay at home as a unit. I think it's very important to shift policy in this direction. We must initiate this response measure as soon as possible. Under our current plans, if the daily tally exceeds 1,500 cases, we might activate home isolation protocols. Currently, what we are working toward is separating mild and severe cases. We're trying to get mild cases to stay at centralized quarantine facilities and enhanced quarantine hotels, so that there is enough medical capacity at hospitals. Currently, only close contacts of infected cases are allowed to isolate at home. The CECC said that if the case count keeps rising, it will consider letting some confirmed patients to also isolate at home. With COVID cases trending up again over the holidays, some employers want workers to get tested before returning to work. 
The Taoyuan city government is requiring all city staff, police and firefighters to have proof of a negative rapid test by Wednesday at noon. The local government of Kaohsiung has ordered rapid testing for certain staff at state-owned enterprises. Home rapid test kits have been selling fast, and this pharmacist is rushing to restock. Amid a resurgence of COVID over the tomb-sweeping festival long weekend, demand has jumped for test kits. Last month, the pharmacy sold just two to three kits per day. Over the long weekend, sales have increased tenfold. Some companies are requiring employees to show proof of a negative rapid test before returning to work. So it's true that rapid test sales have been very good recently, particularly today as it's the last day of the holiday. With the holiday drawing to a close, several private companies and local governments have ordered staff to get tested. Taoyuan is targeting city employees, police and firefighters, a total of some 10,000 people. They are asked to take a rapid test by the end of the break and to report their test results by new on April 6. Over in Kaohsiung, certain workers at state-owned enterprises have been asked to provide proof of a negative rapid test before returning to work. Personnel in important areas of operation are subject to stricter pandemic precautions. They may only return to work with a negative COVID test. Employees or contractors should take leave if they are sick and should not enter the workplace. On the last day of the holiday, the port of Kaohsiung opened a quick screening station at 2 in the afternoon. Starting at noon on Wednesday, Day, workers will not be permitted to enter the port without proof of a negative result. Local officials aim to catch undetected cases and to prevent the start of workplace clusters. I think that it is a very smart strategy. This is a way for all companies to lower the risk. Other cities and counties should follow suit, especially since the epidemic has heated up, particularly in New Taipei and Taipei. I would advocate testing only for people who have symptoms. If you test people with no symptoms, based on our past experience, rapid antigen tests can yield false positives, which are even more troublesome. When the prevalence rate of the virus is not above 1% or 2%, doing rapid antigen screening creates more trouble than it's worth. Citing the risk of false positives, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe said he did not plan to order rapid testing for city staff, but experts fear mass travel over the long weekend could spark even more outbreaks in the weeks to come. A recent COVID surge is fueling demand for vaccine shots. On Tuesday, Taipei reactivated its online vaccine appointment platform, offering 60,000 doses of Moderna and Medigen. Within three hours of opening, over 6,000 appointments had been made. Taipei says it will offer additional incentives to encourage people to get their shots. Let's hear from a city official. Every major hospital is offering Moderna, Medigen and AstraZeneca. The central government is offering 500 NT in vouchers to people who get a shot before April 10th. In Taipei, we're adding an extra 500 NT to that. So no matter if you're getting your first, second or third shot, you will receive 1,000 NT. There are a lot of vaccine walk-ins right now. These people might be seeing that case numbers are rising and so are rushing to get vaccinated. I want to ask local health authorities to ensure sufficient vaccine supply at clinics. After all, we're not short on vaccines now. About 41,000 people received a vaccine shot on Monday. Taiwan's one-dose coverage now stands at 83%. Two-dose coverage is at 78% and booster coverage is just about 50%. One of Taiwan's tech giants, Teco Image Systems, is leading the way in inclusive hiring policies for people with autism. 
the chairman of TIS, Huang Yuren, is a committed advocate for autistic people's gifts in the workplace. The company has a special department staffed by autistic employees who are in great demand across the country. In the future, the firm wants autistic professionals to represent a quarter of staff. As the father of a child with autism, TIS chairman Huang Yuren doesn't often bring up his private life. The family faces discrimination in public spaces, but he wants to use his company platform to widen recruitment opportunities for people with autism. People ask if it creates problems in management, and they tell me, no, actually. Our people in the software testing department often borrow our colleagues with autism. They find our autistic coworkers are a little stilted in their way of talking, but you just need to understand the point they're making. They're very easy to get on with, in fact. TIS has almost 500 employees, with a special department staffed by 10 people with autism. In the future, they want to increase the proportion of autistic employees up to 25% or more. This year, they plan to hire 30 new staff with autism, mainly for vacancies in software testing, code maintenance and production line quality control. Salary is based on education and experience. Huang says people with autism tend to be more concentrated. Sometimes new quality control testers with autism are 20% faster than veterans with 15 years experience. For visual checking, it's 30% faster. And people with autism are less likely to leave the company with an exit rate of just 5%. Many department chiefs have come to me and asked if we can hire more people with autism. I was slightly surprised and asked why. They said, I see how highly concentrated and efficient they are. Statistics show that there were 16,000 people with an official diagnosis of autism in Taiwan in 2020. Huang believes that with professional skills evaluations, autistic people can discover unexpected strengths. And with the right opportunity, they truly shine in the workplace. Have you ever had spicy konjac strips? The addictive snack is popular among students and it's imported from China by many online resellers. But controversy rages over the safety of the snack and its ingredients. A debate was ignited several years ago when Chinese authorities raised doubts about the product, although it has not yet fallen afoul of Chinese law. Now Taiwan food safety experts are also voicing concern about its health and safety credentials. Internet influencers tuck into a freshly opened bag of spicy konjac shuang strips. This Chinese snack has become a craze recently, popular as much among adults as kids, who can easily get a bag for just 5 NT. Online retailers who buy the product in from China say they can sell hundreds of bags a week. They're selling well. I can sell 100, 200 bags a week. They often sell out. Sometimes people buy 20 or 30 bags in one go. When I want something to eat in the evening, it's a good snack. It's spicy and addictive. Among students, lots of us split them for everybody, and then we just keep on munching them endlessly. The flavor is a hit with both flavorful spice and numbing spice, a winner among students. But their parents are less delighted with the development. 
I'm worried there's something wrong with the ingredients. I usually buy Taiwanese products, not Chinese products. If you take a look at the ingredient list, one 100 serving contains 1,254 milligrams of sodium. That means 12 bags a day is over the safe limit. Just looking at the nutritional information, it contains over 1,000 milligrams of sodium per 100 grams. Just 100 grams is more than half the daily recommended intake. Many of the additives are chemical substances. When they get inside children's bodies, in the end, they will have to be metabolized by the kidneys. I'm afraid that could cause kidney damage. The konjac shrung has brought instant fame to Xiaomi and Jin's range of snacks. Its parent company, Weilong, continues to grow in clout, with an estimated value of 70 billion yuan. Weilong recently applied for an IPO on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Fresh spring rolls are a must-eat during Tum Sipping Festival. In parts of southern Taiwan, locals were seen lining up for over an hour to buy a roll from their favorite joint. Vendors say COVID has not dampened the public's appetite for the seasonal dish. A handful of shredded cabbage and bean sprouts is topped with sausage and egg. Then it's a generous dusting of peanut powder and powdered sugar. This shop has been cranking out these spring rolls since 5 in the morning. They come to line up at 3 or 4 a.m. These customers have already collected a numbered ticket. Business is booming at the shop, which has sold spring rolls for more than 60 years. The vendor ran out of fillings and had to rush to fry up more. I've been buying them for about 42 years. They're fresh and tasty, and it's very clean. I like all the fillings. The filling for the egg ones and the meat ones is fried on the spot. Over at this other market, spring roll vendors are also doing brisk business, with people queuing as far as the eye can see. At some stands, there are waits of over an hour. It's the season for this. Every vendor has lines that are just as long. The customers just keep coming. Spring rolls went up for sale at 1 a.m. at Pingdong North District Market, where assembly lines were set up to fill rolls and replenish ingredients. Today, there's 10 more workers than usual. Spring rolls are going like hotcakes, and so are roll wrappers. This shop in Jai has set up 30 griddles to keep up with demand over the tomb-sweeping day-long weekend. They've been working round the clock to churn out 10,000 wrappers per day. We sell about 30,000 wrappers a day. Business has been especially good today. Tomb Sweeping Festival is a time to worship one's ancestors, gather with family and indulge in spring rolls. With demand unaffected by the pandemic, vendors are racing to keep up. Badminton ace Dai Ziying is back at home after playing the All England Open last month. On Monday, she announced her release from quarantine with photos of herself under the caption, Free at Last. Dai had a disappointing run at All England, losing the semi-finals to Anse Young of South Korea. Even so, she's still world number one in the last, latest BWF World Rankings with a total of 18,800 ranking points. She's now spent 210 weeks at the top. After a short break in Taiwan, Dai is set to hit the international tournament circuit again, starting in May. Over the weekend in Las Vegas, Taiwanese duo Li Zhenhan and Yu Wei won a Grammy for their design for the album Bakalang. Back in Taiwan, the musicians behind the album were over the moon. We caught up with them to see how they're feeling and to find out what their future might hold. 
And the Grammy goes to Lee Jang Hong and Yu Wei for Pickling. On Sunday, up-and-coming designers Lee Jung Han and Yu Wei picked up a Grammy Award for Best Recording Package for the Lee album Bagalang. It was the duo's first ever nomination for the award. The album itself was performed by Taiwan's second-generation Falangao singing group and the Chairman Crossover Big Band. The musicians were elated at the news. To get nominated was already no easy feat, and to have won the award, I was stunned. After all, that award is the biggest accolade in music. Thanks to Taiwan's indigenous culture, we are getting the world to see Taiwan, and I think that's the most gratifying thing. I feel like I'm still dreaming and haven't woken up. It feels like the impossible has happened. <laughs> he had been saying that next time we should try to get an award for the music and not the album art. So yesterday, I told him that if we won the award, we would work on another album over the next few years. The artists were ecstatic at the news. Bakalang was released in 2021. Performed by the chairman and the second-generation Falun Gao singing group, the tracks are a captivating blend of traditional Amis melodies and reggae beats with electronic and rock elements. It's fresh, new, and uniquely Taiwanese. We don't just excel in sports. We have so many talented people in music, too. Every year, artists from Taidong sweep almost all the music awards. And it's not just singers. Taidong has the potential to become a powerhouse in both traditional Austronesian music and pop music. A former lawmaker congratulated the musicians on the award and said the government should offer more support to performers. The album Bagalang has put Taidong on the map, turning attention to Taiwan from every corner of the globe. Ming Hua Yuan is a bastion of Taiwan's traditional art. The Taiwanese opera troupe is 93 years old and has wild audiences from many generations. Now the troupe has taken a leap into the world of cryptocurrency. It's just launched its first NFT wallet featuring photos and drawings based on their most loved show. Legendary Shang singer Sun Tui Fong is back, but this time she's not here to promote a new show. Minghua Yuan have released an NFT wallet with artwork from the blockbuster Zhen Zhilong, the Pirate King of Formosa. Traditional opera meets NFTs. When I tell people, they say, Miss Sun, no way, you're into that? I say, of course. Then suddenly I feel real cool, you know, but actually I'm still learning about it. Sun took more than 3,000 photos to get these vibrant shots. That's a cakewalk for the actor, but learning what non-fungible tokens or NFTs are was more of an effort. Her daughter Chen Zhaoxian is now executive director of the troupe, and she was more up to speed. Chen cottoned onto the potential of NFTs and produced the wallet in collaboration with a digital company. I think it's a turning point, but this transition needs time, like all transitions. Now we're at the stage of working it out with our existing target audience, telling them how to collect tokens of this performing art they've always loved. We've given them some options for the technology, and in the user experience, there can be some innovative ideas and perspectives. Min Hua Yuan is 93 years old. Two years ago, the troupe launched their first opera based on a manga, The Apocalypse of Darkness Warfare. Now they're venturing into the metaverse by minting the world's first Taiwanese opera NFTs. But will the project bring in new and youthful audiences? Only time will tell.
The craze for root art continues unabated. The trend sees motorcyclists create artwork with the GPS coordinates of their road trips. It's popular in southern Taiwan. Now, a retired civil servant has created a lovable puppy from a tour around Geelong, Qilong. Xie Zhihuang says the trip was a chance to kick back and enjoy life. A motorbike weaves its way through the highways and sideways of Jilong, past landmarks like Zhongzhen Park, the city council and city hall, and Gangziliao Fort. This looks like a spontaneous road trip, but if you map it out on GPS, you see the route is very carefully planned. I'm amazed. I can't believe someone could produce such a creative route on a motorbike. It's cute and adorable. It's quite special. How did he come up with such a great idea? Using a motorbike to draw a cute dog on Jilong? On GPS, you might not be able to tell the exact locations. But if we check on Google Maps, we find the top of the dog's head is National Taiwan Ocean University. Its back leg rests by the Miaoko and Jilong Harbor districts. The whole route was 17.5 kilometers and was conceived by a retired civil servant. There are quite a lot of people putting together these animal pictures in central Taiwan and in the south. I thought surely I can find some routes in Jilong where I can draw cute animal pictures. GPS has been used to draw picture routes before. As Xie says, in southern Taiwan, Google Maps has been used to draw dinosaurs, and abroad, a traveler even drew Yoda from Star Wars, as well as Great Britain's Queen Victoria. But the Jilong dog has still made a splash. I think I'm the first person to draw a dog like this. As you're riding along, you can enjoy yourself and relax as you complete the route. Before retirement, Xie was a keen photographer and produced many beautiful shots of Jilong. Now that he's got more time to himself, he's making art from the city in a new medium.